Howdy doody. Oh, God. <laughs> Howdy doody. <laughs> oh, that's embarrassing. I'm going to leave it in. Uh, <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Elliot Terrell with artofmagic.com, and this is Magical Thinking. I got to sit down with Blake Voigt, who you are probably familiar with. He's one of the upstart young magicians making a name for himself in the magic community, creating and um, performing original effects. He's been on national television, live, he's been on recorded stuff, Fool Us, Wizard Wars, things like that. Um, I got to see a show at the Magic Castle, and I asked him if he would do a podcast, and he was uh, very excited to do it, which is awesome because uh, some of you may or may not know, if you've ever talked to me, that I am in love with a very particular podcast, and that was sort of the basis for me wanting to podcast and also um, how I sort of modeled this show. Anyway, Blake is a huge fan of that show, uh, and we talk about it during the episode, but that was uh, so fun. He and I had never really met or spoken, and this is the first time we got to sit down and really get to know one another, and it was <laughs> it was awesome. It was super fun. Um, there are a couple maybe strange cuts during the show, and that's because we were filming in a um, not filming. We were recording in a place that um, had a, a few interruptions, so there may be you know some slightly strange pauses or uh, little bits of maybe non sequitury kind of commotion. But anyway. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. We'll definitely do it again. This is a shorter episode because Blake had to perform that night at the castle and he had to run home and put on a suit. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy it. <clears throat> Email me podcast at artofmagic.com to let me know what you think. And of course, uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at a sense of mystery. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching for art of magic. And uh, I hope to hear from you guys and I hope that you enjoy the episode. See you later. So who have you talked to already, you said? Um, Zabrecki. Yep. Dave. Yep. Helder. Nice. Um, John Van Piff. Nice. And then I'm talking to Gazzo tomorrow morning. Sick. Yeah. Have you talked, do you know him very well at all? No, oh, I met cool. him for the first time the other oh. night. Gazzo? Gazzo. Oh, yeah. I don't know him at all, but just seeing his set the other night, he's got to have a... Because somebody was telling me they read his Wikipedia page, mm -hmm. and it's really nuts. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So. I, uh, I was a busker for a while. And oh, cool. I, <clears throat> I learned his cups and balls routine oh, yeah, and loved too. it so much that I like I bought one of the pouches that he makes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought a pouch from him, and I got Gary Animal to make a set of, the, of his cups for me. <laughs> Dude. I went all out. That's amazing. Does Gazzo know that? Or are you telling no. him that? <laughs> I plan on word vomiting all over him tomorrow. That's awesome. Fan girling out. That's super awesome. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. Um, He's allergic to everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, though. <laughs> yeah, well, so. <laughs> First question. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that. The allergies? Yeah. Nuts. <laughs> You're talk the, about your nuts. Talk about my hate of nuts. You're the first person that I've talked to that knows the show I, I'm ripping off. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm obsessed with it. Oh, my like, God. That's the, only, that's the one I've listened to the most. Yeah. Uh, you made it weird. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. I love that show. It actually... 
did a lot for me. <laughs> yeah, it's really great. It's just yeah. the way he attacks those three points mm-hmm. with each person is really interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to have you say keep it crispy at the end of this. Amazing. <laughs> just to start it off. Just to start it off. So uh, awesome. No, anyway. Keep, it, a, keep it crimped. Keep it crimped. Keep it... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> keep it secret. Keep it secret. <laughs> What's it, what, is, you have a, is there a name for the podcast? It's called Magical Thinking. Cool. And it's just... Uh, keep it magical. Keep it magical. <laughs> I don't know. Keep it magically delicious. Cool. No, I don't know. And it's on iTunes, or where are you putting it? It'll be your... on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud right now. It hasn't cool. released yet. We're going to release yeah, it when we... Oh, cool. When we release our new site, which awesome. we're launching. Is that called Keep It Magical as well? It's called uh, artofmagic.com. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. So this is the podcast for... Art of Magic. Yeah. Very cool. Smart. Anyway. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little more after. Sweet. That's true. Sweet. But, uh, yeah, so... We can go anywhere you want to go, talk about anything you want to talk about. Okay. But, you know, I've got a lot of stuff written down over here. I'll take more notes throughout. Awesome. But I'm good. I just have to probably, since I'm so close, like 5.45, 5.30. Okay. Like, just so I can get my suit on. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Duh. The, the castle tonight. Yeah. So, that's, that's it, though. Other yeah, than that's that, fine. You, no questions or off limits or anything. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that just, uh, I don't know. It makes me. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to make a lot of noise. Yeah. There's a little scuttling. Whining. I don't know, of course. No, he's going to wonder where it is. <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway, so there's no real way to start you want me to kind of give you a, an overview of what i want yeah to about? cool so you're you're one of the the as far as i'm concerned you're one of the youngsters right that has a name that people know in the community That's cool as far as a creator and as far Trying as a consultant and stuff yeah. like that yeah and uh you're pretty visible as far as um you know the work you've done in your creations and things like that so i want to talk Thank about you. how you approach that stuff how you approach um what you think the younger magicians are going to take away from that i also mm-hmm. want to talk about uh, how you think about magic and how you uh, create and the process and all that stuff cool and then uh, i want to talk about your humor a little bit which i find interesting Thanks. Cause I, well, no, I just no, I really enjoyed your show, and oh, it was it was funnier than I thought it was going to be. Not because oh, I didn't good. think you were funny. It was just it was. I'm not very surprise. serious when I perform. No, it was it was lovely. But Thank anyway, um, let's. I guess we can start at the beginning because um, you have a really, a really beautiful little short film on your website about. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, being obsessed with your dad's workshop. Yep. You want to tell us about kind of growing up in Indiana and getting started again? Yeah, and cool. That kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it already recording? Yeah. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well well played. Um, <laughs> holy cow. Wait, so what was the question again? No, I'm thrown. <clears throat> uh, just getting started. Daily life in Indiana that oh, kind of yeah. put you in the magic um, what got me going was a magician in my hometown. 
Mm-hmm. So when I was eight years old, we all went to a local pizza hut in my town. And there was a magician there one night doing like table magic, uh, walk around. And I just was like, became obsessed very quickly. And then found out he was at that pizza hut like every Wednesday night, the first Wednesday of every month. Mm -hmm. So I started making family members take me there on Wednesdays. And then I found out that on the second Wednesday of every month, he was at uh, a one town over pizza hut. The third Wednesday, he was at another one. So that like, it became a point where for about nine or 10 months, every Wednesday I was eating at a different pizza hut, (laughs) seriously, at a different town, just to see the same guy. And he had a lot of material, but it like I liked watching the same one over and over again. And I became known as like the kid who was always at Pizza Hut. Like he recognized me and my family and family members who would bring me and stuff. And then for my ninth birthday party, my parents hired him for my party. And then I was done. <laughs> that was that was the end of it. So I was obsessed. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. That's really cool. He was awesome. Marcus Lehman. He's still performing in Lebanon. Now we're friends. We've done gigs together in Lebanon. and He was like my mentor growing up. I'd always ask him questions like, how do you get paid at a gig? You know, like all the, those yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. So he was really nice to have as the guy I could ask those questions to. That's cool. Yeah. And then, so in the little video on your site, you're like making things with your dad. Yeah. Was that, how did that play into sort of becoming the creator yeah so i mean that video you're referring to peter mckinnon made Mm -hmm. and it's kind of uh it's more of a story than like a legit story okay so like my dad didn't have a shop oh no ta-da magic (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the story of like you know my my dad's dad uh, is a carpenter okay and then my mom's mom is really crafty mm-hmm. so like both sets of my grandparents whenever I would stay with them I would always be either making something out of wood or like my grandma was super into origami so like whenever I was really young mm-hmm. I got super into paper folding and making crafts and making like birdhouses and all that stuff so it was a uh, family member in their shop getting into it, but it wasn't necessarily my dad's. That it was, was, you just had a crafty upbringing. Yes, but that was a beautiful story that Peter told. So it certainly <laughs> was. <laughs> I just told him, like, I went to Canada, and I'm just so obsessed with everything he does that we just hung out for the weekend, and I was like, anything you want to make, I just want a video that mm-hmm. you made about me, you know? So that's, that's cool. what, you know, that was the story, and... That was his dad in the video. Oh, okay. In his dad's cool. shop. His dad makes guitars, and it was like the coolest shop ever. So that's awesome. There's so much truth to this story, but it's not literal. Okay. So well, that's even better. I yeah. feel like. Okay. Cool. That's really cool. And he he also did the like your your photos for when you were on the cover of Magic. Right? Yeah, he did. We that was the same weekend. Um, I like fangirled out one night and wrote him like a super long email uh, a couple of years ago. And he like emailed or called me within like an hour and he's like, Hey, he's like, you know, we should hang out. And he was the nicest guy. And then I was in Canada working on a project and we went to dinner, uh, just cause I finally wanted to meet him and we hit it off instantly. And then as we were leaving, we both had to pee. And so we were, uh, in the restroom standing next to each other peeing and we're like looking down and, and he's like, are those 
boots you're wearing, All Saints? <laughs> and I was like, yep. And then it's kind of like that scene from Step Brothers. Did we just become best friends? Exactly. I like, almost texted you that last <laughs> night. I swear to God, I almost texted you that exact phrase. So it was like an immediate like connection. We're like, oh my gosh, we're in the same shoes. We finished peeing, we're washing our hands. And I looked down at him and I'm like, are your pants All Saints? And we were wearing the exact same boots, and we were wearing the exact same pants, and we didn't realize it till like after dinner. That's and we were, we've been friends ever since. That's really cool. <laughs> yes. So that was our origin story. That's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. But I don't know where that came from. Yeah, he, he made the video, and he's, uh, he's amazing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't know that this was going to turn into, let's talk about how awesome Pete oh, is, because he yeah, is. Yeah, but he is. I'm happy that it went there. Yeah. But that's like uh, the origin of that video, which like whenever we went to go make it, I, I realized I didn't have a uh, like highlight reel or like a sizzle on my website. And that was one thing I needed. And so that's what I wanted to work on with Peter. And I said, I want a sizzle reel or like a highlight reel or like a get to know me thing that's not like anybody else's. That was my one rule. I was like, if somebody else has it, I don't want to do it. And, like, I don't want quotes. I don't mm-hmm. want, like, clips from my shows. Because, like, I could put those elsewhere. So those... And then he came up with the story. And, like, we went shooting in Canada. And it was awesome. That's really cool. But he's one of those guys that, like, I think really gets being different. Or, like, taking a look at everything else that's been done and trying to do something differently. And I mm-hmm. think we really bonded over that. So... Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, that was cool. And that led to the cover shoot... Like, the photos we took, we were, oh, man, like, some of the ones that we took were so out there that didn't make it into the magazine. <laughs> some of them almost even more of our favorite. I think our least favorite photo we took was the light bulbs. Oh, really? Like, in the moment. <laughs> and then, like, he worked on it and made one light up, and then everybody else seemed to like that one. So we went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk about your creative process a little bit because... You know, without that, you probably wouldn't be consulting for television shows and Mm -hmm. appearing on television shows and things like that. Um, So, and and this kind of goes back to sort of your origin story is like your your creativity comes from your grandparents. So Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, not wholly, but how much did like, you know, your... You and you talk about in your show your allergies. How much did your allergies play into like? Were you like an outcast as a kid for being oh, like man. allergic to everything? Mm-hmm. And uh, how much did that influence your magical? What trauma was there right. in your childhood that made you a magician? Um, <laughs> you know the. It's <clears throat> a really funny question. <laughs> Going deep, very deep. Uh, no, I think um, when I was growing up, there were things that made me different. You know, like. I've always been really skinny, Mm -hmm. and I've always been a little awkward, Mm -hmm. and had like tons of allergies. And I think when I was growing up, I did everything I could to like hide those things, like not let anybody know I had any allergies. Like I would go out of my way to like ask the chef or the server uh, when we got somewhere, like you know, privately. Like I'd lie, say I had to go to the restroom, and then Mm -hmm. I'd tell the server like I have these allergies. Like I was super embarrassed by it all never wanted anybody to know and then like the more I performed and the more I got into performing side of magic I realized it's like the things that make you different 
are actually the things that will make you stand out. Yeah. So then I started thinking, like, well, what are all these things I used to be super annoyed by of myself, and how could I turn them into tricks? How long did that take, that kind of self-realization? I don't know, a long time. A long time. I was in denial for a long time. And now, <laughs> like, I think I, it's more fun on stage now. I have more fun because I'm telling, like, true stories mm-hmm. and, like, telling true things about myself that also I think, like, especially in the magic world, it's very easy to, like, become a copy of someone else or, mm-hmm. you know, rip off somebody else's thing or somebody else's style. And, you know, everybody, I hope, strives to be, like, unique and different. And finally one day I realized that, like, I already kind of am. You know, everybody is. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. if you, like, take those things you maybe hate about yourself or that make you weird and kind of amplify them, mm-hmm. then they're no longer negatives. I think, and people people feel like they know you more, and they yeah. can empathize with you more, yeah. and they connect with you more. Yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I guess the extreme would be to make people feel sorry for you, and I don't want to do that. No, but no, like, no. Yeah, know. no. Of course, <laughs> and I didn't. I, that's not what I meant either. It's yeah. just like uh, people get a sense of who you are. Yeah, but it's all true stories, and like mm-hmm. you know, and when I perform, I try to you know be a little awkward and try to come across as cooler than I was when I was little Mm -hmm. like try to give off that vibe which is I hope true (laughs) yeah no you're very cool on stage thank you thank you but like I get a girl involved on stage usually in some way shape or form and I try to pick a really pretty girl Mm -hmm. and then like in a way kind of saying like I would have never done this when I was younger like talk to women I guess yeah like it's they scared me (laughs) (laughs) well that's could be said of everyone that's ever picked up a deck of cards that's true <laughs> very true it hits home it hits for everybody no it's a I, and I don't want to burn one of your bits but it's a very funny line in your show when you say don't tell her what happened oh yeah 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 okay I'll tell you yeah the trick could have been better yeah that's a, that's a really I thoroughly enjoyed that <laughs> thank moment. you yeah I uh, yeah I think that gets a good laugh I think the main thing is I don't want um girls or anything to ever feel like threatened or like that Mm -hmm. I made fun of especially like not just the girls like any guy I have on stage I think it's very easy to make fun of an audience member Mm -hmm. and it's like a cheap laugh so anytime I get somebody up on stage or even involved in like a close-up trick like Mm -hmm. I try not to ever make fun of them or if I make fun of them I try to make it a point to make more fun of myself yeah so they feel like they weren't the absolute butt of the joke. They were part of it. And yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. They were part of it and not the joke. Yeah. Because that's the hard part about some of the tricks I do, which you saw. Sure. Like it could very easily be me making fun of them. Mm-hmm. And I try to avert that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I've seen performers. Recently, I saw a performer at the castle <laughs> that just straight up was saying terrible things to the spectators he brought up and i was just like he was making fun of them for not understanding his directions oh no and it's like well if you would speak clearly and slow down right this wouldn't be a problem and then you wouldn't have to be an asshole to these people right 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 it's a it was a defense mechanism and i think a much stronger performer does what you do and want to do is that you make the person feel involved and you are right they're on the same page as you are the whole time right yeah and i mean unless it's like your thing like unless you're known as a guy that's 
like an asshole and makes fun of everybody. Sure, but that's that's like a character thing. That's right. not a. But I don't think that should yeah. be uh, your defense mechanism. Of course, because like you know, for the longest time, I tried to not have people involved in the show because they were so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Like you never know what someone's going to say or do, and I, I I hated the lack of control I had over knowing if something was going to work or not based off whether I got the right guy or right girl. And then I, somebody told me that, like, like one night they saw me do something with somebody else on stage, and they're right. It's like those are the, sometimes the funniest the moments best, yeah. are the moments that, like, people create that you could have never thought of mm-hmm. or, like, you would have never thought to try or, you know. And then after they say or do something, then you try to recreate that. Mm-hmm. So it, it interjects an unpredictable element of the performance, which now I love. But I think because I'm putting so much stock and faith in their ability to make it great, mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat them poorly. You know, yeah, it's like, of course. I'm yeah. like, here we go. This could literally be the best trick. Like, please help me. You know, <laughs> instead of like, hey, come on. Like, listen. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So that's how I look at having them on stage, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> no, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I don't have any like horror stories. I know some guys have seen really bad, you know, audience management mm-hmm. or whatnot. I haven't seen that, but I've heard enough stories to be like, you know. And I think like hecklers too. Uh, I don't get many hecklers. True. If anything, like I get uh, you know people talking or mm-hmm. not necessarily people trying to be mean at me. And I think that's because I try to give off a like, hey, come on, you know, a positive. Yeah, we're all, like, in we're this all together doing this vibe. together. Yeah. Exactly, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. So, like, if if you're if you're making fun of me or if you're yelling out, then you are negatively contributing for everyone instead of just like getting me. Of course, it's like I don't try to give off that vibe. And heckling is a defense mechanism for an audience member. Right. So if you're making them feel that way, very that's, good point. That's it's it's reactionary. It's not you right. Know, I think for somebody to say they never get hecklers is they're lying. Mm-hmm. But like at the same time, I don't get them often. Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, I just get people that are talking, and then I can kind of, you know, be like, "Come on, you know, why are you why are you talking?" Like, <laughs> like hey, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and then like I yeah. think I forget who said this, but and I'm not quoting it, but the basic idea of you want the audience on your side at all times, mm-hmm. and when dealing with a heckler. Like, I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy. Like, obsessed with it. We're going to talk about that. Okay, great. So, like, I find way more inspiration and get more ideas from stand-ups than I do watching magicians. Yeah. So, like, watching stand-up comedians handle hecklers, I learn a lot more. And it just seems like if you can keep the bulk of the audience on your side, you're good. But the minute the audience starts to side with the heckler, you're kind of, you're done. You're over. Yeah, it's, yeah you have lost the crowd exactly. and it's time to get off the stage. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I want to talk about how comedy and magic relate in so yeah. many ways. Yeah. yeah. I think they're very similar. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll save that towards the end. Cool. Um, okay. Cool. Cool beans. Let's talk about... Uh, Penn and Teller. Do you want to? Yeah, they're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) They're cool dudes. What was being on the show like? Especially for, 
You're one of I maybe you're not the youngest performer on there. There's a kid. Yeah, on there. there was a kid on there. <laughs> but which, which okay. <laughs> um, but you're one of the younger guys that's been on the show, and so yeah, probably. What, what was your experience and how? I guess the reason I'm asking is because I think I think because you're one of the younger guys I alluded to. That's a name and a face. The younger guys, you know the. the 13, 14-year-old kids mm-hmm. on the internet learning magic in a place where there aren't magicians around are looking at you and going, that guy's doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. He's performing for really cool people and doing awesome work. How do nice. I do that? So yeah. maybe just kind of not how to get on the show necessarily, but right. what's the experience and, and oh man, what has it done for you professionally? Just curious. Uh, that clip alone has done better than anything I've ever done which Mm -hmm. is pretty comical since I didn't like win or I didn't like fool Fool them them. yeah yeah um any video I've ever been involved in or helped with like that video right now has close to 800,000 views on YouTube and I've had more people say they've seen that than anything else I've ever done um, so it did really good things. It's doing good things. Like I'm hearing from people that I don't think I would have heard of or heard from because mm-hmm. of that clip. Um, yeah, uh, it was good. You know, one thing that's difficult about being like younger is like, I do have a lot of experience working in magic, but I don't have like maybe necessarily as much life experience Mm -hmm. as a producer or a director or a uh you know casting agent that works for a show like that so it's really difficult because you know you don't want to like get in an argument with somebody over who knows more Mm -hmm. but like i definitely know magic yeah and that's what the show is about so there were times when it was difficult because i had an opinion but at the time, it was like 25. So a 25-year-old's opinion doesn't really mean much compared to like 45-year-old, 50-year-old producer. True. But I might know more about magic on TV than that guy does. So yeah. that was really tricky to like juggle and... Yeah, to, to get your point across without... Yeah. Yeah, without being the guy that's like, you don't know what you're talking right. about. Right, I could never... Yeah. yeah, so I guess like being a younger person trying to do stuff like that it's really hard to get a point across you kind of have to like you know be willing to compromise and uh you know i think as long as you say your piece and if Mm -hmm. they end up wanting to do something else at least you said it yeah you know so like one example was we had to shoot a uh like a sizzle reel like as they play before you're on the show yeah they they're like up next boom 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 boom, and they show you all these tricks and so they did a shoot for that and uh the shoot was really fun but we're like you know they wanted to see like street magic or like see me performing magic for people Mm -hmm. so they were setting up the shoot and the cameras and and like in my opinion it was all wrong like (laughs) as far as like where to shoot the magic from sure and then like you know, this is going to sound like common sense to everybody listening, uh, but, like, I would do a trick to these girls. Mm-hmm. You've got some really great girls there who looked great, were smiling and reacting. Mm-hmm. And i do a trick, and the, the camera guy capturing the, ca- the trick, like, got the trick, 
and then I'd finished it and I was just like stepping back and then the guy like during their reaction the camera guy was like oh no actually I missed I missed the the part at the end could you redo the thing where the card changed and I was like yeah yeah shh <laughs> can you like record them for a second? Because at the end of the Get day, that, and yeah. then we can record this anywhere. Exactly. Else. Yeah. So I kept trying to say that, and they weren't really listening. And then um, it was really funny because we, they, I went there to film in Vegas, and the guy who directed it was so awesome. His mm-hmm. name is Seth Howard, and he was a super cool dude. But like, ran into him, and he was like, "Yeah, so uh, we looked at the footage, and it didn't work." So we're going to reshoot, but like everything you kind of said, like we're going to redo all that, Um, but just so you know. So like the sizzle they played in studio for the audience Mm -hmm. never aired because it was awful. (laughs) And then we went back out and reshot all this magic with a different camera guy and different Mm -hmm. crew and anything I said they kind of listened to, which that was nice. But like it is difficult being younger, working with older people Mm -hmm. and not... You, know, you don't want to come across as a know-it-all or like you know more than they do because at the end of the day, they probably, in general, know way more than oh, yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, of course, sure. But it's like you might know one small category. Mm-hmm. It's like how do you interject your knowledge on that one category? Tactfully. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a perfect word. So that was a fun dance <laughs> on the show. But the show overall was awesome. Penn and Teller are great. Mm-hmm. I'd worked with them before. Mm-hmm. Um on Wizard Wars, mm-hmm. on uh, the pilot that never aired. So oh, I, really? Yep. So we shot a pilot for that that didn't air, and then uh, I got to be on another episode, which aired. So yes. I'd worked with them twice mm-hmm. before there, and then like one month before, I had like emailed Teller that I was going to be in Vegas, and I was like, I'd love to sit down with you and give you like talk about some ideas. Mm-hmm. And I'd showed him something very vaguely similar to what I did on the show, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the same. True. But he thought it, I think they thought it was the same thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And then they made all the jokes. And the funny part was like, I put up a fight <laughs> like for 10 minutes. There's about 10 minutes of footage that they cut out of me like arguing with them. Not arguing, but like tactfully, tactfully. disagreeing that they knew what I did. Yeah. So, like, I, I didn't want to, like, roll over. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I was really happy they took all of that out. Like, yeah. if you watch the clip, like, at the end, they're like, we're not fooled. And I'm like, okay. And <laughs> that's the end of it. But yeah. they cut out, like, ten minutes where, like, Teller thought there was splitting involved. I think mm-hmm. I can say that. Yeah. You know? Um, and he's right. So what my... And I knew he would know that because yeah. I'd met with him. So what my counter-argument was I had prepared, because I knew he would course, say that, yeah. was I said, have you seen Penn & Teller's Vegas show in I the last no. few years? So he does this amazing trick in the show with a red ball. Mm-hmm. Where I've it, seen that trick. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you know how they introduce it. Yeah. Penn walks out on stage and says, this next trick is done with a string. Mm-hmm. And then Teller proceeds to do that, and it's the most... like. Crazy. incredible yeah. amazing yeah. even though you know it's a string and the thinking behind that's really interesting i heard an interview behind with Penn and teller about that trick mm-hmm. and teller loved it and Penn hated it and Penn asked teller why is it so good and teller was like well i guess to your point only magicians enjoy this trick because they know there's a thread involved mm-hmm. 
but laymen don't know that and magicians are more impressed because they know there's a thread but they don't know how Mm -hmm. so then that's when they came up with the genius idea of putting everybody in the audience on the same field on the same page exactly yeah. okay. so they're like now layman and magicians mm-hmm. are on the same page they know there's a string but good luck finding it yeah so that trick fools me mm-hmm. because i don't know where the thread is of course so i would consider myself fooled mm-hmm. so i said to Penn and teller when they said we think we know what you did they said well just so you know i know that teller floats a ball with a string but I'm fooled because I don't know how he uses that string. Mm-hmm. That was my, because everybody knows you can split stuff, open of course, like cards yeah. and other paper and stuff. But it was how I did it mm-hmm. and how it reattached and locked it took me like five years to figure out. So mm-hmm. I was bummed that they just kind of accepted the general. It was concept. a little dismissive. Yeah, sure. general concept. So then Penn was like, "Okay, so you're gonna fight us on this?" And I was like, "Well, you know." I think I'm right. And then Penn was like, here's the deal. If you can do this trick again right now, we'll say we're fooled. Audience went nuts. And I was like, I can do it again. Audience went crazier because it was like, oh, they're throwing down. And what they didn't realize is I had five more gimmicks in my wallet. So I could do it yeah, five yeah. more times. Yeah. So then Penn went and like started looking for another bill. This is all like, this all got cut out luckily. Mm-hmm. And then Teller looked at me and he gave me the look like, Really, and then I realized that, like, at the end of the day, they were not fooled because they were not fooled. Sure, like they I didn't wasn't, feel. Yeah, I wasn't going to convince them otherwise, mm-hmm. and so then I was like, you know what, I'm going to have to just respectfully decline the challenge. I don't think I fooled you. Yeah, and then they cut all of that out, which I was so happy about because yeah, yeah, yeah. they could have made me look like an idiot. Yeah, you no, know? it was tastefully done, and I yeah. think the way that you you bowed out is tasteful they respected that <laughs> yeah so that was funny and then like and then i didn't want Penn and teller to think like i had any hard feelings towards him i was so, about to ask so i have both of their emails so i mm-hmm. send them both an email like mm-hmm. as i'm walking off stage like yeah. i'm like god crap like <laughs> i could have just ruined that relationship so i send yeah. them both an email saying like you know thank you so much for the opportunity it was an honor to perform on your stage and mm-hmm. thank you for the way you handled that and yeah teller responded like Awesome, it was great having you, good to see you. And mm-hmm. then like Penn wrote me like a two page email that there it was this idea that he wants help with. And so I was like, <laughs> I was like okay, we're good. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, so that was pretty funny. That's but cool. those guys are like two of the coolest guys ever and any clip they have online or on TV I've seen mm-hmm. ten times. Sure. Because I'm obsessed with their their ability to integrate comedy and magic mm-hmm. and make it good. Yeah. So I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. I love this inside baseball stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really good at that. Like the <laughs> giving away methods without talking about mm-hmm. it. That's pretty yeah. awesome. They're awesome. That's really cool. And I'm glad that that was a, a positive experience. How did you... <laughs> awesome. How did you prepare for the, the Penn and Teller thing? Just, I mean, what did you create that trig for the show? Or was that something that you'd been... Well, I had worked on the linking cards a lot, mm-hmm. like in, in the past, like for two or three years, I was working on that trick and became obsessed with it. And then I recently solved it and was performing that a lot with cards. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I was submitting my auditions to the producers, they were like, is there any way you could 
not do a card trick because like mm. we have a lot of those and i agree with him like in in general i hate card tricks just because of so many negative connotations that come with them and everybody just True. always assumes they're always the same so any chance i can get to take a card trick and make it something else i always try to mm-hmm. and so you know doing it with money was the next logical jump but it's a lot harder mm-hmm. and so i worked for about two days on it with money and then I kind of wrapped my head around it but the bulk of the work was put into the playing cards Mm -hmm. and then once I kind of had my head wrapped around a concept applying it to bills was pretty easy cool but it took a while and Dan White helped me I was staying with him working on his show in New York Mm -hmm. whenever uh, we were working on that and then like the last day before I left I was like dude I gotta figure out how to do this with bills and we just sat on his couch for like five hours wow and you know like with a i feel like sometimes when you're creating magic it's like really hard if it's like okay i'm gonna create a trick today Mm -hmm. like how on earth you know how on earth do you do that you know when you're creating a trick there's no uh with no limitations yeah it's a lot harder (laughs) than like okay today I'm gonna figure out how to link a bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you have a you have a specific clear goal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that was, for some reason, you know, it took me three or four years to figure out with cards, but like one afternoon with Dan to do it with bills. That's cool. And that yeah. collaboration, that collaborative, super important. energy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's really important to find people that you can express horrible ideas to mm-hmm. and not feel threatened, like, or that you're gonna get made fun of. Yeah. So like I just did a show in Lebanon that I'm wanting to tour around mm-hmm. uh, different places that I called Bad Ideas. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of the show is to like make people understand that every trick I did in that show started off as a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. But it's like the fact that I stuck with them and kept working on them and I wasn't afraid to uh, keep working on them was important. And then like as far as bad ideas go and collaborating, like you know, when you talked about being younger and getting hired to mm-hmm. work on stuff, it's really hard to uh, pitch yourself as a creative consultant. Like, whenever you go into these meetings, it's sure. a really weird <laughs> thing. You know, like, how do you prove yourself? You have to believe that I have this knowledge. Exactly. And you're going to pay me a lot of money exactly. to prove it Like, yeah. how do you do that? So my solution was I have an answer that mm-hmm. I've given every time I've been hired for a job. So, like, I sat down with... David Blaine, Mm -hmm. sat down with David Copperfield, sat down with these directors here in Hollywood, and every single one of them asked the same question, which is, if we were to hire you, what good ideas would you bring to this project? And every single time, without blinking, I say, I promise you zero good ideas, Mm -hmm. but I promise you I will be the guy that never runs out of bad ones. And that got me hired every time. Because I think, you know, there's more value in generating and cultivating tons of ideas yeah. than being the guy who's like sits around for a week until he thinks Waiting he has a good idea yeah, yeah. No. That nobody can do that yeah. I mean like maybe Garcia and Morelli <laughs> like, those guys can but yeah. like for us humans we have to be okay with bad ideas I, I, I recently saw a quote that was like amateurs sit around and wait for inspiration professionals get up and do the work something like that yeah, yeah. professionals get up and just are okay with bad ideas mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, having somebody to bounce off of, it's like uh, kind of on the same wavelength as you is really right. important. Right. 
Yeah, I think yeah, either having somebody who's like minded or completely different minded. Sure. Both have their values. Um, but just basically somebody who's not going to tell you no. Mm-hmm. You know, like in improv, they tell you like the yes and game and all these things. Like the worst thing you can do in a creative uh, environment is stop a thought or like tell somebody it's a bad idea. Yeah. You know, so I think that's really valuable to find people who you feel comfortable with, like. You know, a lot of people I feel like keep their ideas to themselves because they're afraid of being made fun of for it or like this would never work. Yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. you never know what someone else might say that how leads to it. spitball, how exactly. it's gonna spitball, yeah, yeah, yeah. A snowball effect. Snowball that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so many of the stuff I've come up with or worked on was like if you knew where it started, <laughs> you'd be like, Really? You know, like, yeah. That's really cool. And I like the bad ideas concept as well. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's original, but like I am pretty obsessed with having bad ideas. Yeah. It's easier to have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It, and but even if it isn't original, it you know, you you're profoundly comfortable with it. You yeah. Know? You you uh you really understand the bad ideas. Yeah. Uh, philosophy. I try to. <laughs> yeah. I think I I definitely live by that. And I think like sometimes people or people who are dubbed as creative or Mm -hmm. like guys in the magic industry who are seen as having only good ideas like that's could not be further from the truth because like i've worked with all of them (laughs) yeah and they have just as many bad ideas sure it's like they never stop it's an evolution yeah so i I wonder is there anything that you put out that you go i wish i hadn't put that out yet oh yeah yeah. Everything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I just no, made... I think, I think uh, the first trick I ever put out called Ringer, mm-hmm. um, put it out too early. Mm-hmm. Like, I became obsessed with, like, releasing a magic sure. trick. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that a lot of... Yeah, I think yeah, everybody goes people. through that phase. Yeah. And I had done the trick for a while. Mm-hmm. And what happened was I toured around different magic conventions. Mm-hmm. So, like... Uh, went to all of them and was showing everybody my tricks I'd created and Ringer was one of them and I just wanted to like release it Mm -hmm. and I worked with somebody to put it out but then like I showed them the trick and they're like well it you know it'd be better if it was a gimmick like it needs to have a gimmick can we add magnets and all these things got added and it wasn't the trick I do like it was it was a more marketable thing but I was like blinders i was just like whatever yeah yeah Yeah. magnets easy you know we can add magnets tape (laughs) yeah tape we can add tape whatever you want to add to this to make it more complicated and less of a good trick let's do that let's do that because that means i'm going to put it that means my name's out there yeah yeah so it was a learning experience Mm -hmm. and then that trick took a year and a half or two years to come out and two years later i was doing different stuff so by the time the trick came out i was so annoyed yeah. that it came out so late and I would never do it that way so then I worked with Penguin Magic and mm-hmm. I was like yo I don't want any more money but like can we add a bonus to this that like people get yeah. so they get the updated handling because I felt so awful I told the company that put it out not to release it mm-hmm. I gave them a three month warning I said put it out in the next three months they didn't and I said yeah. okay if it's not out within the next week I don't want it released Yeah, because it's not, not the trick. It's not me. It's not my style. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's not me. We could redo it. 
I'm yeah. totally cool with refilming it and mm-hmm. putting it out again. And then a week went by, by, I didn't hear from him. So I sent him a message that said, like, uh, respectfully, would like you to not release this. It's not me. Nah, 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 nah. And like three days later, I saw it on Penguin. And I had no control over it. So mm-hmm. it was horrible. And that's when I worked with Penguin to put the updated handling on there. Sure. So that was one extreme mm-hmm. version. But like after that, I learned a lot and put out a couple other tricks. But then like when it came to uh, like regeneration was the first trick I put out where I had done it so much. Like I'd done that trick for five years, four years before it came out. Oh, I just... <laughs> When I, like, when I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I was, you just named that trick, and I was, it made me think of how long ago I had seen it. Oh. You had it on, like, a YouTube clip of you, like, walking around, like. Forever ago. Forever ago. Yeah. Like, I, I was, like, I didn't even know magicians. I was, like, in a tiny little town. Oh, really? Yeah, and I saw that video, and I was, like, like, oh, my gosh. My buddy filmed it at Purdue. Yeah. That's crazy. You've seen that. It's still up. Like, people can find it. But that, even that, I had been doing it for a couple of years mm-hmm. before I put it on a YouTube video. Yeah. And um, I submitted that trick to Theory 11, and they hated it. Never got heard from them. And then a year later, I was hanging out with Dan White and JB, and I showed it to them in person. And mm-hmm. they're like, what is that? <laughs> I was like, I sent you this, like, years ago. And they're like, oh, the video you submitted must have been horrible. And it was. I went back and watched it. and. Yeah. There's value in submitting a trick in the right way and yeah. correctly showing its advantages and disadvantages. But so, but like the the counter of the ringer experience was like with Regen, I had done it so much mm-hmm. that like I had tried in what my opinion was every idea that I could possibly think of, every combination of thing, what worked, what didn't work, mm-hmm. and I had done it all. And I kind of just wanted to stop performing it. And that's the time I think you should... That's when you release something. That's when you should put something out and share it so that way more people can see the trick and Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be you. And it lives on when you're done with it. I think that's a good reason to put out a trick. I think to put out a trick, to put one out is not, you know. And so that's why with like Reform, or not Reform, uh, Invisible Card is the most recent thing I put out. Mm-hmm. And I'd done that forever, too. I'd come up with that back when we were working for Copperfield mm-hmm. back in 2011. So, like, four or five years ago. And had performed it all over. And then the one negative I didn't like about Regen was that, like, Dynamo did it, Blaine did it, Cyril did it. And, like, nobody outside of the magic community ever saw me do it. Mm-hmm. So I waited till I had the chance, and I performed invisible card on uh pitbull and fox's new year's Year's eve special Mm -hmm. so that way technically it was me who got to be seen doing it first sure and so in my mind that was kind of the final straw like i've done it for four years i've done it on tv i've done it on tv i know everything there is to know about this thing i think other people would like it you know so that was you know that came two and a half years after region so like Mm -hmm. i haven't i don't put out that much stuff yeah like the, you know, because I don't think I have that much polished material to offer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm my biggest critic. Like as far as stuff goes and stuff I'm working on, and it takes like years before I'm finally like, okay, I think this is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's a that's a 
a lot of growth that's happened since. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was just, it happened because I learned the hard way. Yeah. Like, I learned my lesson. And if I wouldn't have had that experience, I would have never known. So I'm really grateful for it. Like, I would do it again if mm-hmm. I went back, but I'd never do it again, you know. True. So, <laughs> yeah, that makes any sense. No, absolutely. Um, how How is that stuff, uh, like, Wizard Wars, Penn and Teller, the Pitbull New Year's Eve thing, has that affected your day-to-day life at all? I'm sure it's affected gigging and mm-hmm. being professionally booked, but is yep. there... Do you have fans? No, I not really. <laughs> I mean, I have magicians mainly. I think I've, like, become known in the magic community, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, outside of magic conventions or, like, the internet, yeah. where, you know, people can say nice things, it's, like, not really only recently have i started being recognized in public and that was for the fullest thing mm-hmm. which was really crazy it happened in an airport recently really and a guy came up to me and he was like you're on that fullest show and like me immediately being an idiot was like yeah what kind of magic do you do because I, <laughs> I like assumed this guy was a magician because and he was like oh no i don't do magic i was like amazing. i just love that show and i was like oh <laughs> so that was like two weeks ago that happened that's the first time and only time that's ever happened that a non-magician recognized me for my magic that's cool yeah it was a cool feeling that's really cool I immediately like texted my mom and dad (laughs) like somebody just (laughs) I totally geeked out over it oh yeah see I told you it was worth it yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) that's so cool no I've I've sent that message and I I haven't even been on TV but I'm like see I told you it was fun (laughs) that's so awesome yeah you know yeah yeah Yeah. so it's good feeling yeah but That's not really why cool. I do it, but cool that no, it happens. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not a bad thing. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not the goal, but it's a perk. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That was cool. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, so this is, let's see, the site. The site's not going to launch until mid-February. It's okay. like mid-December now. Yep. And you're at the castle. That was just to give people kind of perspective on when this is happening. Yep. So you're at the castle this week. Yes, sir. And... I'm going to say it again. You're at the castle this week. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I said it four times. Yeah. Um, and you're finishing your set with cardistry pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have so many friends that are so good at cardistry that I, I feel like I would be insulting them by calling what I do <laughs> cardistry. But, like, I do flourishing and talking about my development as a magician mm-hmm. through my ability to handle cards. Mm-hmm. I would say that before I say I do cardistry. Well, like, yeah, but... I mean, the person's house we're currently sitting in, <laughs> I feel like... They do cardistry. Yeah, they do cardistry. Sure. And that's... I just meant... I, But to a lay person. Yeah. Oh, you're man. doing cardistry. Yeah, to a lay person, I'm... Yeah. But I think that not many people get to see it, mm-hmm. and I've always wondered how cardistry or flourishing could be put into a magic context yep. and not step on each other's toes because I have a lot of friends who think they're the same thing. I have a lot of friends who think they couldn't be more different. Yeah. And I agree with both of them sure. to a certain extent. And I try to get that point across in what I do. It's about giving a context. Yeah, I yeah. think like people should understand that it's a skill. Mm-hmm. It's not a trick. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be cool. Mm-hmm. And then I like 
bookend it or I finish it by doing an actual trick yeah. with the deck that I just shuffled. Yeah, which is a very cool trick. Thank you. <laughs> and it's also, it provides like, it provides a nice, highly visual finale. Yeah. It's, it's, you're literally putting an exclamation point on your set. Yeah, I try to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard to do that with just cardistry alone. Mm-hmm. Like casually or in conversation, it's freaking amazing. But if the minute you put cardistry on stage, like, what is that final beat? When is the, there is no ending. When is the applause yeah. cue? And even that, I'm still trying to work out, like, I don't know which show did you see? Like, you were in one of them. Mm-hmm. I forget which one it was. But there's, like, nights when it feels right whenever I finish certain phases. Because I do, like, a progression. Like, yeah. I do uh, overhand shuffle and then into, like, a pretty complicated, like, six-packet display at the end. So mm-hmm. it's, like... But at what point does the audience clap? And I'm still trying to figure that out. Because that trick I've done... So today's Thursday? Yeah? Yes. So (laughs) that trick Mm -hmm. with the ending, I've done nine times this week, Mm -hmm. 11 times in my life. Okay. So I'd only ever done it twice for audiences before this week. But that's why most of the material you've seen has only been done a handful of times. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do all of that new material here at the castle because it's like you get to do 21 shows in a row and i'm a big proponent of like you can sit around in a room with a mirror for years thinking about a trick but you really got to get it in front of people to figure out if it's It's like stand up exactly (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but i mean like the fear of failure conquers me a lot Mm -hmm. you know and like the fear of maybe i'm the only one that thinks this is cool and that's why I think like having friends whose opinion you respect and you can show stuff to and be like, hey, is this a good idea or is this stupid? Mm-hmm. And like their sole answer would affect whether or not I ever did a lot of stuff, yeah. you know. Um, but I think that helps, you know, push you to do stuff. But mm-hmm. back to the cardistry thing, like I'm still trying to figure out because I don't think audiences know when to clap mm-hmm. or when like, or if they should, or, or if, if they should, the right time. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like applause cues are an interesting art form to me. Like how In and you, of itself, yeah. yeah, how you tell the audience that's the ending, whether it's just like huge hands out bowing, <laughs> or is it like music, or is it like a head nod, or is it just like you just do something so badass that everybody's like, oh, we should. Clap. Yeah, that you know? was amazing. Yeah, like yeah. in my in the perfect world, I think it's the last one every time. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes people need to. Be told they or, need permission. Yeah, it's they, not that they don't want to; it's that they don't yeah, know that they're allowed. Yeah, to. yeah, that's true. And mm-hmm. I do it to like a slower song, and it's like the most serious thing I do in this twenty-minute set. So, yeah. like, I've been telling jokes for eighteen minutes. So, at the same time, like, yeah, you're right. Like, the audience does need permission, like, to be told they're allowed to clap because they mm-hmm. don't want to be in like rude or anything. That's a good point. So I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> Tonight we'll try something different. You know. Well, that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I like that that you're still wrestling with it. Always. But I thought it was really cool. Thanks. I like I like the whole the structure of it. I like the trick. I like Thanks. the the um, surprise at the end. Thank you. You know, the the blindfold idea is very clever. Oh, and I like that. <laughs> you know, it's just it's a it's a fun kind of like. You're setting up for the punchline, and then you head in a different direction. Right, you know, right, right, is, right, right. Which is nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love I love that type of comedy. Like, 
where you lead somebody down a like a garden path and then you like you go completely different direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Probably too much. I bet if you break down my set, that happens at least once like every trick. I don't know. I'd have to like map it out. Who but. are some of your favorite comedians that oh, do that style? Oh, do that style? I don't know. I or feel just like in general because I just want to talk about comedy. Oh, I love comedy. Yeah. I feel like every comedian does that formula. Um, I'm just obsessed with that formula because it lends itself to magic really well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, or the, the classic like magician messed up type yeah. premise or like uh, that thing with the guitar case is brand new. Mm-hmm. But like, I love that premise because it's like, it really seems like I messed up. Okay. So like the contrast of it is really high, yeah. you know, from what you are expecting to what you get at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all stand up. I love great stand up and I love horrible stand up. Because, like, seeing a, a stand-up comedian that I don't necessarily like at all, mm-hmm. I learn just as much from as a good one. True. But, like, some of the best ones I'm obsessed with are, like, Louis C.K. Oh, he's the king. Yeah. Bo Burnham. Of course. Uh, Those could not be two more different. That's true. Styles of comedy. But I'm equally obsessed with both of them. As you should be. Right. Because they're they're point. sort of the epitome of their respective mm-hmm. theaters genres. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Birbiglia. I don't know if Birbiglia. you've ever heard of him. Okay. <laughs> uh, Pete Holmes, obviously. Obviously. Obviously obsessed with him. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's unhealthy. My obsession with Pete. That's he's well. It's a good person to be obsessed with. Have you ever met him? No. Before? No. I yeah. I have a Pete Holmes story. Can you share, please? Yeah. So I'm obsessed. <laughs> so excited. I'm obsessed okay. with him. And he's friends with a friend of mine, Justin Willman. Mm-hmm. So they are both friends. Yeah. And That's Pete, a good episode of You Made It Weird as well. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> Let's go ahead and plug that show. Oh, my gosh. Like, Pete is, Pete is competing with Marin. I'm, I'm now competing with Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, God. I regret saying it. It's no. fine. <laughs> it can be taken out. Uh, so mm. Pete... And uh, have you heard of Rob Bell? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I heard of Rob Bell before I heard of Pete. Okay. Because I'm from the South, and I, I was a Baptist. I, I was as well, and I oh, am yeah. from the Midwest. Let's talk about that, too, oh later on. Okay. All right. So, uh, wait. Yeah, so, 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 so... Bobby Bell. No, so so Pete, Justin's mm-hmm. like, hey, so Pete Holmes wants to go to the Magic Castle, mm-hmm. and I'm out of town. Do you want to go and take him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What?" I would be honored. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, it's him and his girlfriend and his buddy, and they're going for his buddy's birthday." And I was like, "Okay, cool." Yeah, it's his buddy Rob or something. It's his buddy Rob, and it's his Rob's birthday. I'm gonna like, shat my pants. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." And so I get home that night, and my fiance Nikki gets home. And she's like, I tell her, I'm like, oh, I go to Pete and his friends. And mm. she's like, what? She's obsessed with Pete as well. And I was like, yeah, how cool would that be? Like, it's just going to be him and his friends. He's like, Buddy Rob's his birthday. And Nikki's like, hold on. She's like, what date is it? We should Wikipedia Rob Bell's birthday. Because they're friends. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Yeah. So we look it up, and it's like that week. And I like completely geek out. Yeah, and then, I'm geeking out for you right now, <laughs> dude. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna say. Like this, this, and that. Like, 
how you know how do I keep a conversation going with like the funniest human being like one of the smartest human beings alive like yeah. this is gonna be horrible <laughs> like I'm freaking out yeah and I go to the castle and my fiance's there because she was like I thought it was appropriate because everybody had their date sure like, you know she could go and they show up and I get an email from Pete and he's like we're outside they won't let us in <laughs> is he wearing his expensive jeans oh my god that's so funny so how he, do you know about he this? just did an episode with David Wayne who's a huge fan of Helder and they what? talk about that on what? the episode yeah dude so I'm standing there and the the door guy he's really nice Joey Joey's awesome yeah he's just like I'm sorry I'm sorry man your your buddy here he wore jeans and I was like like what do you what? <laughs> and so I'm hearing this and at the same time I'm like yeah hi I'm like nice to meet you yeah hi <clears throat> oh so he had like the coolest suit on yeah Pete, and he had like jeans that probably cost more than anybody's suit in the castle yeah they were super slick jeans and mm-hmm. he looked cooler than anybody in there of course so it was like so hard to argue because like technically they were jeans yeah you know and the other thing he says that he had he had worn them to the castle before so mm-hmm. that was even more of a difficult thing to argue yeah it's like those aren't allowed in here oh you've worn them here <laughs> yeah and then it was just like well you can't come in but he was like well do you want to go in so then it was almost like me and my fiance and rob bell and his wife yeah and then they were like no let's go grab dinner somewhere and mm-hmm. i was just like ah like i felt <laughs> responsible so then i had to give rob bell and his wife like a five minute tour of the castle while Pete was waiting for the valet to drive his car back around. Oh man. So I was like, well, there's upstairs, there's rooms over there, here's a bar, that owl moves. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I'm like trying to like squeeze yeah. it all in. And and then Rob was like asking all these really smart questions like, when was this building built? And I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. ah, crap. I'm like, <laughs> I'm the last, like, I know so many guys that go to the castle. Could have rattled it all That off, know yeah. all these cool facts about it. And I just felt like I was the worst guy for the job. So that was my one time I've ever met him. <laughs> and so I met him. He was ridiculously nice, but mm-hmm. obviously annoyed. Yeah. You know, but he handled it really well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's my pee home story. <laughs> I'm still obsessed. Good. Yeah. As you should be. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. I don't know if it's awesome. I feel bad. Yeah, no, it's, it's a terrible a story. story. Your dick went inside your body, I know. <laughs> it did. I, I felt so bad. Yeah, I get that that's like the worst possible outcome. Outcome. Yep. You just you just got to you gotta have a do-over. Yeah. <laughs> I think I emailed him like a really long apology letter. Yeah. I think, but it'll happen again sometimes. And now I have that story of like, hey, you remember me? <laughs> I met you outside the castle when you were in jeans. <laughs> I don't know. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah so he, he has an episode with David Wayne where... Uh, I haven't heard that one yet. It must be new. It is new. Okay. It's like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And he... David Wayne saw Helder in the close-up gallery and went up to him afterwards and was like, oh my God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh. Like, I want to learn your stuff. Awesome. So he bought Helder's book, Rainier. Reflection. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is out of... Like, no one has that book. It's like a hard, so hard thing. To, from Helder or something? Yeah. That's awesome. He like got a copy of it and read it and they talked... There's like 15 minutes talking about the castle and Dude. Helder. And that's, that's when cool. Pete brought up... He was like, I was wearing really nice jeans. <laughs> 
is that all he says? I gotta hear that. To just you get to hear yeah, the you story. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, the true story that wow. happened. I'm so glad that this that this happened. This is the now. other end of the story. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. For part one, listen to the. You made it weird. For part two, yeah, yeah. you know, we well, let's talk. Okay, so let's talk that? about let's talk about Louis and let's talk about Bo and the different because some of the mm-hmm. people listening may not. Yeah. Louis writes from stage, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, um, he has concepts, and then he just kind of forges his path right. on stage. And then Bo, every moment, every second, every everything is totally scripted. Yeah, I feel like Louis is a good example for like when I got obsessed with him years ago. Was kind of around the time I was realizing like. Who would have thought a guy, like, a heavyset guy like that, like, mm-hmm. making fun of his bad habits would be so entertaining? Yeah. And that's when I feel realized, like, oh, that's just him. Yeah. Like, the reason why that's so cool is because it's, he's just him. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. And Bill Hicks used to yep. say, less jokes, more me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's... that's the scarier thing to do is to, like, talk mm-hmm. about yourself. Be vulnerable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you can... And I don't do it in a uh, meaningful way. I mean, I make fun of my medical condition or whatever. <laughs> but it's like I'm trying to get better at it, mm-hmm. you know, and making fun of my social awkwardness. But, like, I think Bo does that as well. Is very much him. Yeah. But it's not as improv mm-hmm. like, as you were getting at. But I yeah. think that probably comes with hours and hours on stage, his ability to yeah. do that. But Bo I recently met and got to talk to backstage. Wow. And he was ridiculously nice and cool and humble. And, like, you know, he jokes about it on stage, how much of an introvert he is. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. Like, he is <laughs> super quiet, super humble. Like, uh, he was on a show Wilman performed at. Mm-hmm. So I was hanging out. And during the sound check, it was just like, he's, uh, he's a beast. Like, he is so smart Mm -hmm. and you can tell how smart he is because he gives off kind of like a like vibe on stage like but like when you really break down the points he's making you realize how smart he is and when you have a meaningful conversation with him it's just like oh wait you're just like a freaking genius like intellectually and like his vocabulary is way beyond mine Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I was like, wait, what is it? What? Uh, <laughs> like using context clues to have a regular conversation with him, you know? He's he's super cool. Mm-hmm. But I love all of his stuff and how smart it is. And he's definitely like edgier. Both of those guys are. Sure. You know, talking yeah. about. I feel like I would love to get to that point one day to where I feel like I could talk about edgier things. Sure. That. Are more on topic or like yeah it's got to make sense yeah. to do but yeah and I feel like that might come with age as well somehow Bo's figured out how to talk about those things mm-hmm. at 24 25 yeah I think whatever yeah. age he is like yeah. he doesn't like I feel like the main problem I have ever had with talking about like bigger ideas on stage is the fear of coming across preachy mm-hmm. since I'm like 26 and like yeah most people in the show audiences are older than me they might be like who is this kid and why should I listen to Why you? does he think he knows what he's talking yeah, about? Yeah, so I've tried to stay away from it, but, like, the bad ideas concept I tried to weave in mm-hmm. as a, like, this is just what I've learned. Yeah. It could be wrong, mm-hmm. but, you know, from my personal experience, I think, like, 
speaking from personal experience is easier to do. People rather... can't tell you're wrong. Right. Because you know? you're like, well, this is factual. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm less nervous to do that than I am to just be like, you know, here's my th- thinking on the whole, like, uh, you know, <laughs> Democratic, Republican debate. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know how to get my opinion across yet yeah. in those bigger ideas. Sure. But I think there's a way to do it with magic. Yeah. And I would love to figure that out. <laughs> that's awesome that you that you want. That's just another goal to set. Totally. All right. Will you say keep it crispy? <laughs> totally. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do this again. Awesome. I would love to. Man. Yeah. This is like to be continued. Yes. Please. We'll have a part two down the road. Awesome. Thanks, Blake. Thank you.